God bless y'all. <laughs> so, I always do that when I come to a king's palace. And I've been before kings. I've been in Africa and different places. And um, actually been ambassadors sent from America to to bring order among kings and, and nations. You know, kings get a little feisty. And they get a little get a little fight in them sometimes, and territorially speaking. And so uh, sometimes I have to go in, and I I come. You know, every tribe has a two two chiefs or two kings. One being a peace chief, and one being a war chief. In time of war, of course, the war chief had the authority, and of course, in the time of peace, the peace chief was the one with authority. And so. I come from the branch of the peace chief, and um, thank God, <clears throat> because I, you know, um, of course we're all warriors, amen. We all know about spiritual warfare. We all do battle with the enemy, uh, but we don't cause war. The warrior in our language actually means um, one who brings peace, one who set over peace. And so warrior doesn't mean one that goes start wars and battles and starts fights. That's not a warrior. Uh, certainly it's, it's uh, just the opposite. So um, tonight I would like to do a few things, if I may, and, and I don't want to take too much time. But uh, the book of Jeremiah come to mind as I was sitting there, the first chapter of Jeremiah. And I think it's in order of tonight, this being a, a river, not of life, but river life. I'd like to give a gift to the church, to you as well. And this gift comes from my mother that has gone on since to be with the Lord. My mother was a, a little Yuchi woman, about this big, but she was very fast. And she knew how, I don't know if this generation understands, some of you would, there was a thing called a switch. <laughs> now some, anybody, anybody remember those things? Uh, now some says, oh, I know what a switch is, it's on the wall. No, we're not talking about that switch. <laughs> this switch stung like a bee. But I guarantee you wouldn't float like a butterfly when you got through. <laughs> so um, she was very, very honored with the switch, very capable. And I love my mother. And I hated to see her go, but, you know, there's something about mama. There's something about the mother that always sticks with the son. And my mother was in the hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She was dying of cancer. I had just been standing out in the hallway, crying my eyes out to the Lord. Said, Lord, save my mother. Heal my mother. I don't want to see my mother leave. And she, I heard her weak voice call me. My, my Yuchi name is Awade. Awade means sky hunter, one who seeks vision. And 
so she called me by my new Yuchi name, Awade Aga, meaning come to me. And so I went into the room and she said, son, I need to tell you something before I leave. And being a man of faith, I said, mom, you're going to be all right. God's going to heal you. And she snapped back at me and said, don't you tell me when I'm going to leave and when I'm going to stay. You know, mom always gets the last word. And you don't tell mama nothing. Amen? And so I said, okay, mom. So I kneeled at her bed, and she whispered this, this, these words in our Yuchi language. And I speak my Yuchi language not quite as fluently as I like to, but fluent enough to understand and to carry a conversation with the elders. And... She said, I need to give you this word before I, before I go. And so I kneeled at her bedside, and she said, uh, the word is ninzo detalyut. And I've never heard of that word in our language. And I said, Mom, what, what does ninzo detalyut mean? And she said, well, you know, my mother was affluent, full-blooded Yuchi, she spoke her language, and so she responded with that question by saying, well, the white man would say, I love you. But in our language, we say, you're like a river that gives me life, and without you, I can't exist. You're like a river that gives me life. And without you, I can't exist. And then she left and went to the Lord. It was a sad day for me, but a joyous day that she would give me that because I didn't understand what she meant by, you're like a river that gives me life, and without you, I can't exist. And as I began to pray and seek God about it, I began to get the revelation of what she was saying. She was a prophet, and I really didn't realize that at the time. My dad was an apostle. I'm a fourth-generation pastor, and my great-grandfather, my grandfather, and my father before me were Methodist ministers. And so I carried that royal heritage, you might say. But I never did want to be a pastor. I just verily wanted to be a Christian. But I begin to seek God about what it's what this is this words mean, and so as I begin to seek God, the Lord gave me a dream one night, and the dream basically was saying that it showed my father and my mother standing together, and my mother began to speak, and she began to say to me. Son, me and your father raised you in church. We taught you how to pray. We prayed for you when you were sick. We taught you how to read the Bible. You've seen us do godly things all of our life. And she said, if you don't do what we have taught you to do, me and your dad never existed on the face of this earth. 
It would be like Jesus saying to the disciples as he was ascending, You've seen me do miracles in the marketplace. You've seen me do all these things. Heal the sick, the blind, the lame. Miracles. Supernatural things. It'd be like Jesus saying, If you don't do what I taught you to do on this earth, Jesus Christ never walked upon the face of this earth. And then he ascended. And so I begin to understand why she gave me that. Because it was a prophetic word, and from that day on, I began to come to a level of understanding of God and the presence of God. And I want to give that to this church because it's river life. And I'm, I'm glad it's not river of life. Because river life is a river that gives life. It's not of life. It gives life. And without that, we cannot exist. You're like a river that gives me life, and without you, I can't exist. That's covenant. That's a, a river that, that gives life. It's not a river that's of life. It gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. So I, I release that to this, the River Life Church tonight. That is your gift, an ancient gift, but a holy gift, a sanctified gift, a glorious gift. Now, to you young men, this word could be very crucial to you. If you're not married and you want to get married... I release this word to you. Because can you imagine kneeling before a young lady, getting on your knees and saying, you're like a river that gives me life. And without you, I can't exist. And you can even throw honey at the end of it if you want to. <laughs> Sweetheart or whatever. You call Sweet roll or something, you know, something like that. Can you imagine a girl telling, turning you down while you... That's, 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 that's better than my girl by the temptations. I mean, it just... I mean, that's so real. So uh, there's no patent on that. You have my uh, ability to use that word. I give you honor to use that. That'll save you a lot of money, I guarantee you. You won't have to buy all those dinners and those fine cars and then necklaces and earrings and all that stuff. All you have to do is come up with one ring. And that's the day of the marriage. Because I can't imagine anyone... I wish I'd known that word. I want to say, Mama, why didn't you tell me that years ago? I've been married for 38 years. My wife, Jan, we have three children, twin girls. They're all in worship. I have five grandchildren. My grandchild is a uh, drummer. So we're all in three generations of, of worship leaders in our family. And so that's the reason I felt deemed to honor the first fruit, a grandchild. That, of course, we know the son is the first fruit, but because of him, there is probably a better fruit 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, it, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to do what we did today. I felt honored. Uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm one that uh, my gift is. Uh, a lot of people are asking about their gifts and about their names. I told them today you need to seek. My name is all a day, Sky Hunter, one who seeks vision. But I believe everyone has a heavenly name, and it's based out of the, the fruit. It's based out of the gifts that God's given you. And I tell everybody, you need to really seek God to find out your tribal name, your kingdom name. It's probably not going to be Jerry. probably won't be Brian or Tommy or Jimmy or Betty Lou or anything like that. It's going, to, it's going to be a name that's going to guide you to your gift and your calling. I'm a visionary. That's the reason we have a school. I've, um, I've helped build that school through certainly God's help and other people's help. But it, God, I'm, I walk out the door and I see bulldozers. You know, some people see angels and the glory of God. God shows me bulldozers or carpenters, or trees coming down. So I start moving trees and start building things. So it's, it's, you really need to seek God to find your kingdom name and what it really means. In this um, time that we're praying over the land that God has blessed you with, it was an honor. I'm, I'm glad I'm a, I have a gift of praying over dirt. You know, I just go around praying over dirt. I was up Mount Mitchell, uh, me and Allison. Um, uh, went up there with several, with, uh, well, it was a team of 11, uh, praying over the, the, over the base of the mountain where the beginning starts. And we felt like that God was praying for revival. We just come against demonic forces, the principalities, the Baal forces and all the, you know, I'd like to come against Baal and all those demonic forces and principalities and call them out, dismantle them. You know, I, I've been trained, and we all probably have been, to rebuke, to rebuke, to rebuke. We rebuke so much we start puking. We rebuke until we puke. And then so we gained another one, and we said, well, you don't have to rebuke. Just send it back where it came from. So we say... In the name of Jesus, I, I command you to go back where you come from, these demons and, and devils. And little did you know, it came from your next-door neighbor. And so at 2 o'clock in the morning, you get a call and a woman screaming on the phone, come and pray for me, come help me, this demon is terrifying me. And so you have to run over there because you're the one sent it over there. So we come to another level of dismantling now dismantling the demonic forces. In other words, we have the authority. Jesus said, I give you all what? Authority. And all power. And so we use that authority and power to dismantle these demonic forces. In other words, we take them before the supreme court of heaven. To the supreme judge of heaven. It's just like a, 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 a policeman when they arrest you, they handcuffed you, and they take you in the courtroom handcuffed. They take the handcuffs off, and you're seated, and you're judged. But at that point, he stands back, and it's, the judge has the authority. And so it's, it's a lot better for us to understand dismantling 
because we fight and fight and fight demons until we're all wore out, tore up, we're running around all wounded up, and we're proud, you know, that our clothes are all tore off of us. We're proud we're all wounded and beat up and can hardly speak because that means I'm a, a warrior. But every warrior ever in the kingdom, no warrior ever goes into battle wounded. With the native people, they would always go to a sacred place where it was a high cliff place or where two rivers meet, a sacred place, and they would seek God to see if they was to go into battle. If there was any fear, any anxiety, depression, or anything wrong with their body, spiritually, physically, and mentally, they was not allowed to go into battle. You do not send wounded warriors to fight a fresh battle. You send fresh warriors in to do fresh battles with the enemy. And you will win. We win. We win. And we're victorious. And so I've learned that over the years in dealing with principalities and powers and praying over dirt, praying over mountains. The Bible says to prophesy over the mountains. Prophesy over everything. Our grandchildren, our children, we prophesy. And even though they're a little hard-headed and they're a little feisty, we still must prophesy good news good things over them because one day that will be a great man of God because there is enough in this land of profanity and swearing and jesting and joking that defiles this land and I was looking up the other day from the Webster Dictionary of what profanity meant and profanity means no sacred or holy irreverent towards God and man, contempt for holy things, and blasphemy in serving to defile that which is holy. Also not possessing expert knowledge. In other words, a dummy. And so we allow this through the media, through Hollywood, through whatever, to pro pro release profanity all across this nation. It's not always just the bloodshed. It's not always those things that has hindered us from the past. We continue to allow it to happen. And how many know that the Bible says that this tongue is like a fire? It is strong. It is powerful. And when it lashes out, it releases defilement on our land. And so that's the reason I love to go pray over land. I love to go pray over land. And what I've learned from uh, the women is that they're more sensitive to the Spirit. And so what I do usually is allow the women to go in first. You know, I was born early in the morning, but I wasn't born that early. And so I know protocol to allow the women warriors to go in because they're like hound dogs, bloodhound dogs. They, they, they sense things. And I think it's because they have the ability to give birth. I think it's the ability when they're in labor, when they're about to give birth, it is said that they're that close to death to give life. And so they're very sensitive. And so I love being a prayer warrior. How many are intercessors here? The Lord gave me a word for you years ago. Uh, intercessors is nice sounds nice uh, 
Tim that wanted to. Okay. It sounds nice. Um, prayer warriors, it sounds nice and strong. But it's just not mean enough for me. And so God told me to call them train killers. <laughs> They're trained to kill the things of the enemy. How many knows that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy? And so there, you need to be a trained killer, a, 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 you know, a bulldog with the roar of a lion, with the eyesight of an eagle, with the ability to be strong in all that you do for the Lord. Jeremiah speaks of this. Here, Jeremiah is being tested or being released, I guess you would say. In the fourth verse there in 1, 4, it says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the billy, I knew thee. And before thy called forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now this is before this young red-headed child was even born. He was ordained. Didn't get a piece of paper. God ordained him. In the mother's womb. Amen? Is that what it says? Then Jeremiah answering the Lord, saying, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thy shall go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thy shall speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Now, what we need to realize, this thing here is a military handbook. How many military people we have here tonight? So you understand the military, don't you? You don't say, but I can't do this. You don't say, I'm, I'm not capable of doing that. I'm too young, do you? What do you say? Yes, sir. And you salute. You obey the command. And that's where a lot of times we miss it because we think this is a little storybook. It is a military handbook. Nowhere do I see God pleading with us or Jesus pleading with us, would you pretty please go ye into all nations with, with sugar on top of it. He says, go ye, go ye into all nations. And so I'm, that's the reason I like the Word of God. It sends out commands. And I, I have the honor to salute the Commander-in-Chief, which is the Lord, our Father. It's an honor to salute. We have a school and it's the Two Rivers Native American Training Center that is a school that is a military school 
that raises up warriors. And we've had them from 16 years old to 73 years old. We don't make you do push-ups or anything like that. Allison's been through it. She lived through it. She's still healthy, alive and well and kicking. And, But I really love the word and have with the understanding that it's military. Be not afraid of the faces. That's an order. For I am with thee. Here's an order I like. For the Lord said unto thee, Say not, I'm a child, for thy shall go where I tell you to go, where I commission you to go, that's where you go. And it says, and I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee to say, you're going to say. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? So we have the opportunity to come before the Lord as warriors in Christ, then he goes on and it talks about touching our mouth and and uh, and uh, behold I have put my words in thy mouth. See I have set this day you before the nations over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down and destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. Isn't that wonderful? I like the word where it talks about to to destroy. And I looked up that word and the word destroy. And it kind of goes with what I said about rebuking until you puke. The word destroy means to close all exit doors. In other words, there's an exit door, and here's an exit door. We close the doors to keep the enemy in, not run it out. And do battle with the enemy. The Native American, I, I like to the, the, the use the culture of the Native American because it kind of coincides with what the word says. The Native American, they would drive stakes in the ground in battle and they would wrap a piece of leather around the stake and around their ankle and then they would stand before their enemy. Now what's that telling you? I'm going to be here till the death. I'm not running from this battle and we need to do Satan the same way. I'm not running here. I'm a warrior in Christ. I'm a soldier in God's army. And I don't run. I have not been trained to run away from battles. I've been trained. To, and God has put the armor in the front of us. The breastplate, the sword, everything is to, do, to go forward, not backwards. And just a little bit, I would love, we sung this song on the land that the Lord blessed you all with. It means always go forward, never look back. Hele agano. Hele afana. And I want to release that to you. I want to release that to you. I want to be a blessing to you that you'll always go forward, never look back. And another part of the culture of our language, we don't have words to say goodbye or see y'all or see youans. Hatoi means until we meet again, till our path crosses again. And so we have no words to say really good goodbye, or we have no words to say good morning. It's just words of greeting. Welcome. Welcome. We welcome your spirit. We welcome your, your anointing. We welcome your, your, your faith. We welcome your ability in Christ. We welcome you. And another thing, because of the warriors tie themselves to the stake, they have no words to say fear. 
I cannot say the word fear in my language or any other tribal people can say fear in their language. You know why? Because fear is a disease. So they would, in our language, we would describe a disease. And people, the warriors, if they ever try to come back in the encampment after, after battle, after hunting, or whatever, if they saw fear on them, they was not allowed to come in to an encampment. You know why? Because they was afraid that that, would, that disease would spread among the people. That's the reason they sung this song, Always Go Forward, Never Look Back, on the Trail of Tears where people were dying, babies were dying. Disease and the elements of the weather was, was there. They sung that song to release the warrior spirit in the warriors, even the women. They sung because they knew that if they let depression came in, if they let this, the fear come on them, they immediately would die. They knew that. Very intelligent understanding of the word fear. And so they would release this song over them at the evening, kind of like this. They would gather the people around, and the, the elders would sing this song over them. That's the reason worship is so powerful. That's the reason... As the worship team was up here a while ago, there was a release in the power over you. That's the reason when we come into church angry, and I know none of y'all have ever done that, but I have. But all of a sudden, we're, we, you know, our jaws are dragging the ground, our lip is dragging the ground, we're mad, we're mad at one another, you're mad at the, the old man or the old lady at that time. It, Last night it was the husband and wife, but that morning it became the old man and the old lady. And, and all of a sudden, as you stood there with your hands folded, I'm not going to stand up, I'm not going to lift my hands, I'm not going to clap my hands, all of a sudden there's a release in the Spirit. All of, all of a sudden you stand up, you rise up, your hands go up. into place. There's a smile on your face. And then the weeping warrior comes out. You begin to weep before the Lord. For the glorious presence of God comes in. That's how God, how powerful worship is. So when the worship is going, it's not, we're not actually worshiping God. In a sense, we are. But in another sense, in the kingdom understanding, that worship is going over us. His glory is coming over us. And it's the, the glory, God said the glory is very colorful. It's brilliant. It's kind of like when he turned the lights on and everybody's eyes just went into shock. Because it's so brilliant that we can't do nothing but sometimes lay down, sometimes stand up. And sometimes dance and rejoice. A worship warrior is worth their weight in gold. Because that, that glory, that worship is coming over you. And a releasing, it's healing you. It's healing your body. It's bringing life into you. Where there was sadness, where there was depression, where there's weariness, all of a sudden God begins to give you strength and joy and power. Because man's heart... And we get in sync. It's kind of like these drums. It's kind of like these drums. That's the reason there's no other beat than your beat. There's no other beat 
that the native people can dance to but their own beat. It's the same thing with the kingdom people, the kingdom of God. When we come to pray, when we come to pray, it's fine, thank you. I think I got it now. I got to figure it out. We come to pray out of depression or anxiety. Our, our heart is just like this. But the God's heart is like this. And what he wants to do is get you in sync. That's when the presence of God comes in. Because he's got you in sync. That's when he answers your prayers. That's when he answers your calling. That's when the anointing comes. That's when his presence rises up in you. Because the drumbeat is in sync. We're in sync. We're in sync. We're in sync. That's when prayers are answered. Because we're in sync. We're in sync with God's heart. Not man's heart. Not world's heart. Not our understanding heart. But God's heart. We're in sync. 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 Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. That's what the worship team was trying to do and and did do. They accomplished that. They got you in sync. And I know some... Poor old soul out there, I know you can't keep a, a bead in a hand basket. You know, you can't even meet, meet hands. But when it comes to the spiritual realm, you get in sync with God. You get in sync with God. And God begins to answer that prayer that you've been seeking, that vision that you've been seeking, all those things that you've been seeking in your life. The reason God can't answer your prayer is because you don't get in sync with Him. He can't answer your prayer until you get in sync. Remember, he said, I I give you all authority and all power. Here he's telling Jeremiah, don't tell me you're too young. Don't tell me you can't get in sync. Because I can get you in sync if you would just listen to me. If you would just heed my voice. If you would just heed my command. If you would just surrender the salute. a soldier going to battle you're going to win I want to do something in closing that I do everywhere I go I've been to around the world I've been to many churches everywhere big and little thousands of people but something I try to do everywhere I go is to look and find and surrender your DNA to the Lord. In other words, I will ask, how many here have native blood in you? And I believe there's more than that because they're so beautiful and so handsome. You have to have more natives in here and this, that, Pastor. You've got to have more than that. You've got a beautiful church with beautiful people in it. I dare say we probably don't know all who has, especially east of the Mississippi and the south because all the atrocities that happened here where people were afraid to say that they had native blood in them at that day and time. 
And so it's really hard to say what you have, how much you have. But I'm here to adopt you. I'm here to adopt you. I'm here to tell you that you have a DNA as a warrior in Christ. That you have the ability to overcome and do all things through Christ. Because you're a warrior. You're the one that drives a stake in the land. You're the one that has the heartbeat of the drum of God in you. You're the one that has the ability and you're not afraid to do battle. You're the one that knows how to go to the sacred place. You're the one that knows how to put the veil of the miraculous over you. To, so God can, God can enrich your eyes, your spiritual eyes, your spiritual hearing, your spiritual speech, your, even your spiritual smell. The smell of the sweet Savior of God, of the anointing. I adopt you. Not as a Native American, but as a warrior in Christ. A warrior ready to do battle. The native people never dressed up like you would see Hollywood with all the feathers and the regalia all the way down. That gets in the way. If I was to come out with my regalia as a warrior, all I basically had was a breech cloth on. And that would be it. Have some paint on, the colors, the orange. That meant power. The red that meant passion. The blue that meant my heritage as a son of God. That's what I'd come as. Because warriors don't come with all their stuff. Warriors don't need their stuff. And God don't want your stuff around when he sends you into battle. Jesus told... The disciples, leave your stuff at home. Follow me. Follow me. But leave your stuff at home. All your riches. Jesus said it like this. It's hard. It's easier for a camel to go to the eye of a needle than a rich man to go in the eye because a rich man will always carry his, his or her stuff. Another thing I would like to release tonight, if I may, um, if I may utilize this weapon of mass destruction over here, I would like for you to join me in this song that, that our elders sung over us. And... It's a song that the women would release mercy and grace and that the man would release the warrior's spirit. And together they would release unity. And at the very last, there was the spirit of peace. How many know that we need peace? The Lord allowed me to put music to this song. Of course, I didn't have a piano out there on a trail of tears.